the City Travel with Kids podcast, helping you plan big city trips with kids. Brought to you by Little City Trips. Hello and thank you for joining us for this week's City Travel with Kids podcast. I'm Marianne Rogerson and today we are talking all about the best travel products for traveling with kids. We're going to be talking about strollers, baby carriers, travel cots, pillows, kids headphones and much, much more. Today I'm joined by both my co-hosts, which is a bit of a treat. We have Kerry Hedrick in Abu Dhabi. Hi, Kerry. Hi, everyone. And Marta Correale, all the way over in Dublin and Ireland. Hi, Marta. Hi. Hi, everyone. Now, I say all the way over in Dublin because I am actually based in Sydney in Australia. So it's been a bit of a challenge trying to find a time zone that works for us all, together with school pickups and after school activities and everything else that goes on. But here we are. We made it, ladies. Yay. Yay. So this week we are going to be talking all about travel products. Now we all know that traveling with kids can throw up plenty of challenges. But here at Little City Trips, we also know that having the right travel gear can go a long way to helping make life a little easier when you're on the road with kids. So today we're going to be sharing all our favorite travel gear with you and help you decide what is worth buying, what to look for with each product. And we're also going to be sharing some of our top recommendations with you. So between the three of us and our seven kids, we've tried out a lot of different travel accessories over the years, believe me. And we've researched a whole load more. So hopefully we can pass on some of that wisdom to you today. Now we have a lot to get through today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you that if you want to be kept up to date with all our latest episodes, then don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you have any questions about any of the products we discussed today, or you have any other family travel questions, you can come and chat to us in our Facebook group, City Travel with Kids. We would love to chat with you there. And of course, you can also find lots of travel tips and information on the Little City Trips website. Finally, I just want to let you know that you'll be able to find a copy of our show notes from today's episode on our website at littlecitytrips.com podcast. And we will link to any relevant and useful information mentioned in today's episode there. Okay, so let's talk about travel products. I think we should kick off with one of the most important purchases you can make and a product that continually throws up questions in our Facebook group, and that's the travel stroller. Now, Kerry, I know you've been through quite a few travel strollers in your time. Why don't you start by sharing what you think makes the ideal travel stroller and what we should be looking out for before we buy? Thanks. Yeah, I have to make a confession up front. We've actually owned eight different strollers oh over goodness. our three children. So, yes, guilty as charged but we have learned an awful lot over the years about what makes a really good travel stroller. We started with a really clunky eye candy pram and then a bigger baby jogger and we worked out over the years they are just not practical for traveling with kids. So we've actually found ourselves downgrading and the, the, the last pram we owned was a mountain buggy nano which is one of the ultra compact prams but what I might do is just talk everyone through what we think the essential features are in a travel stroller. Okay great. So certainly being compact is really, really important these days when it comes to travel. But what you don't want to compromise too much on is comfort and, and I guess, ride quality for your child. What I'm talking about particularly is the size of the wheels of the stroller. Mm -hmm. So in order to get your stroller compact enough that it can fit on a plane or fold up small enough to come on a bus with you, they have to give up on some features of the pram and usually that's the size of the wheels. So mm -hmm. just think when you're actually purchasing a stroller, do you do you need those big wheels or is it more important to you that it's small enough to come on the aeroplane with you? 
Okay. The other thing I would look at too is whether the stroller can still recline. So some of the ultra compact models, you can't recline the child all the way back to sleep. So they're not appropriate, certainly for your newborn category. And they're not really appropriate if your child still relies on their daytime naps. And with that, the other thing I would look at also is the sun canopy. So how far can the hood fold over? Is it still capable of being used as a proper napping stroller or is it really just to keep the sun off their face? Yeah, because taking naps when you travel can be really important. And if you want to go out for dinner at night and things, it can be really handy to be able to recline the stroller and let the kids sleep, isn't it? Absolutely. And I I look at, you know, the first strollers that we had for our very first baby. And yeah, they were wonderful and they looked beautiful, but just not practical at all for travel. So you will compromise a little bit on that. But certainly something like the Mountain Buggy Nano or the Yo-Yo, they are definitely in a league of their own now when it comes to travel strollers. And uh, those are the ones that can fold up and go in the overhead locker. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So they normally will be a one hand collapse feature and they can fold down into three, which makes them compact enough to fit on an airplane. Perfect. Uh, And the other thing you mentioned, the wheels. Now, I remember having a Bugaboo B in Zurich and trying to tackle the cobblestones there and it was an absolute nightmare. So that's something to consider, isn't it, where you're going to be traveling and whether the city does have cobblestones. And I think we mentioned this in in the Rome episode as well. Mm, Yeah, it really depends. The smallest wheels go down as small as five inches, which are are very compact. But yeah, as soon as you hit a curb, if they haven't got any suspension on the wheels as well, then yeah, you're going to have to put all your body weight to try and get them over the bumps. So Uh really important to look at that wheel size and how much you're willing to compromise. Great. Okay, great advice. Uh, As we were saying, some cities and some sightseeing situations just aren't great for strollers. We mentioned it in Rome. We talked about it in the Hong Kong episode as well. So if you're traveling with very young kids or babies, we also swear by taking a baby carrier with you. Uh, For me, having a baby carrier was invaluable for being in airports or getting on and off trains or planes or, you know, walking, sleeping children up and down the plane aisle. Now, Marta, I think you're probably the baby carrier expert amongst us. Why don't you share some tips with us on different types of baby carrier? What works well for traveling? Yes, absolutely. Well, I am from Rome, so I hear you when you talk about cobblestones (laughs) and strollers. And maybe because of that, I'm very fond of baby carriers. I use them at home and I always use them on our travels when, you know, my kids wear babies and young toddlers. Um, Over the course of the years, like we went through a few different types of carriers, they all worked really well. And the reason why I changed them over time is a little bit to accommodate, you know, my growing kids, but also just because I like them so much that sometimes I just wanted to try different things, you know, and have a new piece of gear, if I have to be honest. Some of them, I just find they're really cute. (laughs) The very first type I tried was a sling. So like just a wraparound carrier. And that was like a long piece of very good quality material. I believe it was called a hugabub. And I used it when my son was born. Uh, It worked absolutely brilliantly because there's almost no bulk to it. It's just material. You can fold it really neatly. It goes into your luggage or even in your crossbody bag, like really easily. And you just wrap it around yourself and your baby and you can go absolutely anywhere with it. Uh, My son loved it. He was like a little koala, you know, Mm -hmm. against my chest. And it really relaxed. He was a terrible sleeper. And that was something that really worked. As you say, like on the plane, you know, that would allow me to have him really close to me and really quiet. And um, again, since there's no bulk, like he was really good on all our travels, really. The second style of carrier we tried was like a more structured carrier. It was a baby Bjorn 
one. Um, what I mean with a structured carrier is just a piece of equipment, you know, with buckles. Basically, you buckle it up around your chest and shoulders. And the advantage of it is that it just very easily kind of spreads the weight of your child on your body. So there's no pull or strain on your chest and shoulders. My son loved it. He loved it when he could face me when he was tiny, but he also really liked to be able to sit and face outside. So as he grew, you know, from infant to like a bigger baby, a more curious baby, it was really nice for him to be able to look out and still be close to me. So it's one I would really recommend for infants and young toddlers. And then when my daughter came along, I got a third carrier, which was an Ergo Baby uh, Organic. And that was a great one. She was super fond of it. She was never out of that thing. Like, I think I wore her for like years. And the great thing about the Ergo Babies, again, it's structured. So it's very easy to put on and on. You buckle it in and out very easily. And it has very many positions. So she could sit like on my chest facing me or facing out. She could sit like on my hip. You know, there was one of the positions is to have her, you know, on your side, which I found it really useful when she was a little older. And you can also carry them on your back like backpack style. I personally, like for my body shape, the back position wasn't great, but I have friends that I gave the Ergo Baby to and used this back carrying position very often. So it's really individual what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah, we uh, we used a baby carrier a lot when my kids were little as well when we were traveling. Um, I tried a few different ones, the Baby Bjorn and the Ergo Baby, mainly because I kept leaving them like on the train or in a hotel room. Oh, no. <laughs> Had to keep buying a new one. But the one thing I would add to that, having lived in Singapore for so long where it's really humid, is if you're going to be traveling to a hot or humid country is to look for one of the lightweight mesh ones because it makes a real difference because when you're carrying a child on your chest in a baby carrier for so long, it can get pretty sweaty yes that's true and actually another thing I want to mention that we actually try to force a type of carrier which is the very strong structured ones you know with a metal frame Mm -hmm. like a hiking backpack thing yeah it's like a hiking backpack now some uh, funny enough are made specific for city travel and that's why like they picked my attention and we had one of them that my husband was quite keen on carrying like he found you know the more traditional baby carriers like the ergo baby he didn't love them on him but he was super fond of this of a structured one um the only thing that i would say is that i find them for city travel sometimes a little bit tricky because the metal frame like if you're going to a museum or something like it make them a little bit too bulky uh-huh. for sightseeing and they're generally suitable for slightly older children as well aren't they yes it's for older toddlers and usually they're able to step in and out of them on their own which is nice but yeah it's just for older kids i okay. find okay great let's move on to car seats then i think this can be a real concern for parents when they travel because Obviously, at home, we're also diligent with using our car seats in our cars, but this can all go out the window when you're traveling and you've got to take a taxi across a city or you've got to get a hotel transfer or something. So talk to us about car seats, Kerry. Yeah, it's, this has been a really tricky category for us over the years. And obviously, going through three children, we've kind of always been at one of the different car seat stages. And I think it's really dependent on which city you're going to and the laws which are in each of the countries. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the travel we do is back to Australia. And when we do that, there's obviously quite stringent laws in Australia about what you can and can't get away with. Mm-hmm. When we have those big trips to Australia and we're in places like Sydney, we've got no choice. We really need to take the big bulky car seats with us. Whereas when we go to somewhere like Asia, we found the first time we took 
one of our big bulky car seats because there wasn't actually a seat belt to attach it to the seat with. So you need to do a fair bit of research yeah. before you travel as to what you can practically use. Yeah, that makes me laugh because, yeah, I think uh, Asia particularly is notoriously uh, not good with car safety laws. No. <laughs> I find it works really well when you're at the baby capsule stage because it's quite easy to take a baby capsule with you and strap it in or, or, or place it in a car so the child is still safe. And it gets quite a lot easier when they're at the booster seat stage because there are a number of booster to seat type products you can pack it's that in between sort of one to three year old stage it's really awkward yeah and I, I haven't even ever found a solution for that either because like you say the booster seats are from age three the other ones they kind of grow out of by the time they're two and between mm. the age of two and three it's very difficult isn't it so I think it re- yeah really you need to do your research on where you're going and just accept that some trips will be more difficult than others uh-huh. we've very much moved into the booster seat stage now which has been great because we're, there's a number of different brands which come in quite convenient roll up type products that my older kids have been using the bubble bums for the last couple of years They're which great, roll up they? really quite small yeah and I think you used to use one in Hong Kong as well yeah we've used the me fold or the my fold I never know how you say it and that's like an interesting one because instead of boosting the child up to fit the seatbelt it brings the seatbelt down to them so you kind of clip it in across the chest and across their lap and I find it brilliant you can it folds up really small you can I can put two in my handbag even if I took the kids out in taxis in Hong Kong that's a really good one as well yeah and that's the real challenge isn't it if you're only on a city break you're most likely only jumping in taxis rather than having a higher car so yeah something you've really got to weigh up with that age group is whether you hire your own car or, or you rely on taxis yeah and the other thing I think that seems to have come about more recently it was never a concern when I my kids were babies and I've actually never seen it myself but I do see uh, conversations come up time and time again in Facebook groups and that's about using car seats on the plane do you know anything about that no I, I believe it's more of a US thing Because in the US, when you fly with a lap infant, they don't give you the extra attachment that goes on your lap. So I think from a safety point of view, they find using car seats on the plane safer. I can say we have never used a car seat on a plane because my children prefer to lie down flat. So (laughs) that's just my personal opinion. Whether it's the safest method, I'm not sure. Yeah, I have actually done a bit of research into it for an article recently. And if you look at the FAA website, which is like the governing body of safety on airplanes, they say categorically that the safest way for a child to travel is to be in a car seat on the plane which I found really interesting but I do know is if you do want to do that you need to make sure that the car seat has a sticker on it saying that it is approved for aircraft travel and you also need to make sure that it's narrow enough to fit in the seats which I believe is about 19 inches so you just need to check that first. Uh, how about you Marta you got anything to add to that? Yeah I just uh, wanted to say about um, going back to traveling by car uh, we have started always traveling with our bubble bombs which you have mentioned again because I find in cities sometimes uh, we rely on uh, Uber rather than you know traditional taxis and depending where you are, Uber cars follow private car rules, so they won't pick you up with a child unless they come with a child seat, while taxis usually are exempt for this rule. So I just find that to be sure and have more, you know, transport options, we always have our own. And as we said, you know, the bubble bum is really small and easy to carry. So we just found it's always worth having it on us. 
Yes, great advice. Okay, so while we're talking about babies and toddlers, let's move on to something else that may be nice to have is a good diaper bag or nappy bag or changing bag, whatever you call it, depending on where you live in the world. I think what works really well for traveling is to have a backpack style diaper bag and you can get some pretty good ones now. You could, of course, use any kind of backpack, but I think the actual diaper bags have lots of useful features that maybe make it nice. Uh, Marta, what do you think about that? Yes, I agree. I agree. For the longest time I did not have a diaper bag or you know a nappy bag when I was just at home I used just a standard crossbody bag that I would equip with a little you know changing kit Uh, but on travels I find um, a backpack with you know specific pockets and sections inside it comes in really really handy what I like about the backpacks is that they're usually look nicer than many diaper bags and they look like travel gear uh-huh. more than you know just baby gear some of the diaper backpacks like you know they could be uh, in solid colors may that be black or red and um, they don't stand out as a baby changing item mm-hmm. they just stand out as a normal bag which I like and what about features if, if you are going to go for a proper diaper bag what features are useful when you travel? You said lots of pockets, anything else? I usually look for two main things. Uh, one thing is the size and a padding of the straps, you know, whether these are shoulder straps for a backpack or, a, or just one shoulder strap for a um, crossbody bag. I think when traveling, because you're likely to be walking for, you know, many hours, you know, it's really important to have something that doesn't strain your neck or pull or cuts into your neck. So I think how padded the shoulder straps are that's a big thing I look for and the other thing I look for is pockets I like my changing backpack to work also as a normal day pack so in that case if there are different pockets that I can separate baby items bottles documents um, some even have a laptop compartment so you know these backpacks can become your main day bag Mm -hmm. and I think you know traveling is all about having versatile gear you know so I think this can be a very good purchase sure I would just add to that if you've got a very young baby and you're taking food and things with you it can be helpful to look for insulated pockets so you can keep it cold or warm depending on on what you're doing and I know a lot of uh, diaper bags do have that as well yes and on travels you know snacks are always a good thing to have exactly exactly we all know you can never have too many snacks when you travel with kids okay so once your kids are a bit older it's time to think about them having their own luggage now I think all three of us have had chunkies for our kids haven't we now if you don't know what Yep, indeed. (laughs) If you don't know what a chunky is, it's that cute little ride-on suitcase that comes in various designs. You've probably seen them in airports. There's ladybirds and tigers and gruffalos and all sorts. Now, I think the chunky is like the marmite of family travel products. People either love it or they hate it. And I know we have both camps here today, so it'll be interesting to hear what everyone has to say. For me, Mm. I loved our chunkies and I was actually a bit sad when our kids outgrew them. But Kerry, I think you're probably in the hate it camp, aren't you? Let tell I'm afraid I'm in the hate it camp. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh-huh. I think we made the mistake of giving it to our child too soon. So I think we started from about two years old trying to get our daughter to take the trunky. She massively overfilled it with toys. <laughs> we ended up carrying it 90% of the time. 
it, it was just a nightmare. We, we took it on one big, long whole trip with us and never again. <laughs> uh, although I have to say, in its defence, it's quite light. It's quite easy to carry if you have to. Many- I think the absolute key is not to overfill it. I think, we, you know, we had every toy you could imagine under the sun in it. And she insisted on carrying it at the start. And then, of course, you end up carrying it and realise how heavy it is. Yeah. Yeah, that is an issue with the trunky, I have to say. Um, the other thing I think it's worth talking about is the safety of it. Now, in Trunky's defence, it is not designed designed for pulling children on it's actually designed for kids to ride themselves and push themselves along with their feet but I think probably most parents ignore that and actually pull their kids through the airport on it and I know we've had many a trunky race through the airport but you do need to be careful with it I did once uh, we were in Edinburgh airport and I heard our names over the tannoy because we were about to miss our flight and I yanked the trunky and in starting to run and my daughter fell off the back of it um, so you do need to be careful with it and I also have a friend whose daughter went off the front of it and ended up with stitches in her chin so I do think you need to be careful with it but for me I loved it how about you Marta you you're a Trunky fan or not I am a huge Trunky fan (laughs) (laughs) we have been using our Trunkies for something like four or five years like my kids are technically way too old for them like Uh my kids are seven and eight and still want to carry their Trunkies I just find them good because they are happy to be in charge of them they love pulling them around and I find it handy that if you carry them on to the plane as hand luggage they fit under the seat in front of you Mm -hmm. so you always have everything like really close to you so that definitely worked for us I do agree that you have to be careful and what I find is that if you are in a busy place like a train station and your child has a very long leash you know and their little trunkies at the end of it people may trip yeah you know like it's just because it takes up a lot of space so the only thing I would say just make sure that the length of the strap is okay for your child to maneuver it safely mm-hmm. but otherwise no we we were still using them after years so yeah that was a uh, one of the best travel purchases for us okay uh, okay Kerry so as you're not a fan of the trunky why don't you talk to us about some alternatives then for kids we are definitely backpack fans so try and get the backpack that fits the size of the child again if it's too big they'll simply overfill it with toys so each of mine kind of have a graduating different size of backpack when they're quite small, we've gone with the ones that have the reins on it as well. So, so the skip hop variety of bag where they can have like a cute little character and reins. Mm-hmm. And then as they've got older, slightly bigger backpacks up to the size, we, we roughly go by the size that an iPad can fit in is about the right size for a, for a child. Okay. Yeah, my kids now have, now they've outgrown their trunkies, they have pull-along wheeled suitcases that they're probably bigger than they need, but we can fit everything they need for the plane in there and they love those Uh, okay let's move on then and talk about sleeping when you're staying in hotel rooms or airbnbs or even a weekend at grandma's house i think one of the best purchases we made for traveling when our kids were very young was our baby bjorn travel cot it is super lightweight i think it's like five or six kilos so it doesn't take up much of your weight allowance on the plane and it's also super easy to put up and take down and i believe that phil and ted's have also brought out a very similar one now which a lot of people like because it has a zip around the outside. So I think something that people didn't like about the Baby Bjorn is you have to lean over because the mattress is on the floor. You have to lean over to put the child in and out, uh, whereas the Phil and Ted's now has a zip around the outside. So for me, yeah, that Baby Bjorn travel cot was probably one of the best purchases we made because we did a lot of traveling when the kids were real tiny babies and it just meant that they have the same cot to sleep in every night, no matter where, which hotel room or where we were staying, they, always, they had that continuity. Um, how about 
about you, Marta? Any anything to add to that? Yeah, well, we received a travel call as a present when my son was born. Uh, and he liked it. And then when my daughter came along, she liked it as well. But I have to say, we never really used it uh, on travels. Like we use it back in Italy, my mom's house. It was always there, you know, temporary bed whenever we were visiting. But uh, the type we had, it was a traditional pack and play. It was a bit bulky. So it never really came with us, uh, let's say on planes. Uh, although it always folded really small. So for, let's say for car trip you know road trip mm-hmm. that I, I completely agree it is nice for the child to have their own bed uh, for longer journeys like when we did use cots we relied on those that hotels often provide the problem you have with that you never know what you get you sure. know sometimes you get really nice clean ones and other times you're gonna go ah I'd actually rather just go sleep <laughs> <laughs> so it's always I think having your own can definitely be worth it One product that we didn't uh, try because I didn't know it at the time, but I have friends that really love it, is the small uh, sleeping pods for, you know, infants and really young kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they look like little tents. And uh, I think they're really cute because, you know, I think they just lie on the floor, they have a little mattress and they make the child really cocooned in like in a nice way. So I think for small children, those could be nice to have and they're super light to carry. And they also come with little, you know, kind of mosquito nets type of protections, which can be good, I think, in certain climates. Uh So you can put them by the pool while you're sitting on your sun lounger. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh I do think they do come with UV protection as well, which is why I say that. Uh, Okay, great. And what about when they grow out of the travel cot? Yeah, once they're like toddlers a bit a little bit older what do we do then Kerry? Um, something that we've tried to do is where you can shove pillows underneath the blankets in a normal bed so just to stop if you've got a child particularly that likes to roll you can use that method which is really quick and easy to do in a in a hotel room mm-hmm. but um, very much like yourself we went to the Phil and Ted's a few years ago we, we did start with a pack and play worst decision ever <laughs> never try and travel if you're trying to do city breaks over don't try and take a pack and play with you it's just too bulky but yeah, yeah the Phil and Ted's definitely was a lifesaver for us and in fact ended up becoming our son's bed for a couple of months when he was sleeping in with us so yeah really like it the only thing I would point out is its feet stick quite far out into the room so it's not great if you're in a small space but yeah really like using that as a travel cot. And I think also you said mentioned uh, putting pillows in. I think you can also buy blow up tubes that are specifically to stop children rolling out of the bed if you wanted to actually buy something official for that. We also, once our kids outgrew the travel cot, we brought little blow up beds as well and blow up travel beds, which we took with us. And they were great for hotel rooms that you could just put them on the floor and they could sleep like a little blow up camping bed. Um, and there's yeah, quite we, a few. We actually tried that at our friend's house. We actually tried to use one of those double style bunk beds. It, Either we were being silly or it just did not work at all. So if you are going to invest in one of those, definitely try and use it before you travel somewhere with it. Yes, good tip. Right, let's talk electronics for a bit, as it seems you can't escape that these days. Now, I know the iPad can be another item that causes strong opinions amongst parents. I'm in the camp of letting my kids have iPads when we travel. And for me, it's the absolute saviour of long haul flights. Uh, how about you, Kerry? What do you reckon about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we started with a hand-me-down iPad, but of course we've got three children, so we had to work out a way for each of them to have something. So we've now moved to the Amazon Kindles and we've got them set up on Android. So the same as you could get like on an Android phone, we can get the same apps on our Amazon Kindle. That's probably our number one electronic item, very closely followed by battery packs and converter kits. 
we probably pack more electronics now than we used to pack nappies and baby supplies back in the day, to be honest. Even if you're there for a short trip, I guess you you still need the same amount of wiring and devices with you. But the main thing I would suggest is to try and get everything on the same network. We've got a number of years being split between Apple, Samsung, Kindles and all different cords for everything. So if you can try and get your family down to one type of device or one type of cord, it's really helpful. Yeah, that's a good tip, actually. And the other thing is having an adapter that can charge several USB connectors Absolutely. so you can charge them all we, at we have once. Ex- yeah. We've actually picked up um, on our travels over the years a power board and it's got USB points in it plus international adapter points in it. So that's probably one of the most useful things that we pack and carry with us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, another thing that goes along with iPads is headphones. Now, I'm going to put out a plea to all parents here. Please, please, please don't be that parent who lets their kids watch an iPad on the plane at top volume without headphones. I once took a flight before I had kids from Sydney to Singapore And there was a small child sitting next to me watching Dora the Explorer top volume on repeat for about four hours. And I vowed that day that I would never do that once my kids came along. So do everyone a favor and get some headphones. Now, I've done a lot of research into this. And I have to say the statistics from the World Health Organization are pretty scary when it comes to headphones and children uh, to do with hearing loss and everything. You have to be super careful and do your research when buying headphones I think the most important thing is that they need to be volume limiting because it can be so damaging to their ears to listen to volumes over the recommended limit. The other thing that I did find when doing my research is if you buy noise cancelling headphones, it makes a big difference, especially if you're on the plane to cutting out ambient noise so that they don't need to turn their headphones up so loud. And interestingly, wireless headphones, the volume limiting works much more reliably than wired headphones. I think the main thing to say is go for the best quality you can afford because it's not something you want to be scrimping on when it comes to your child's hearing. Um, Marta, I think you have a couple of recommendations for us. Yes, I absolutely agree with this. I just think, you know, with children, it's easy to let them have an iPad and a pair of headphones without volume limiting capabilities and they just, you know, yank it up to the maximum just Mm. to block out the noise around them and that is just really dangerous so what we did find that worked well for our kids were you know these headphones I think they're called Puro Sound that you know have this inbuilt uh, volume control that keeps it safe for them and um and yeah I agree like it is worth spending a little more on them and if you can get the noise cancelling element with them it just makes a really good kind of hearing experience for your child what I would say that really worked for our kids was to make sure that the shape of the headphones like fits nicely around their ears the very first time we were on a plane we just gave them the normal kind of plane headphones you know the little earbuds and they're just not suitable for kids they don't have the volume limiting capabilities and they just fall out of their ears all the time. Mm -hmm. So we spent one very long, long haul flights just fighting against the earbuds. So now we always have our own. I agree with the wireless ones because especially if you're on the plane, like if you have a long wire, you know, the kids can get tangled up in it. And, you know, when you mix that with, you know, an open tray and food, just you are bound to spill your orange juice, you know. (laughs) 
So that's a big thing. Yeah. And I also think the way that technology is going, like already the iPhone, the latest iPhones don't have a headphone socket. It's all going with Bluetooth. And I just think that it's actually worth investing in wireless ones anyway, because that's just the way things are going. Yeah, I think with technology, like if you can just, you know, get the best because all the rest will be outdated quickly enough. So I would agree, yeah. Okay, how about travel pillows then? Uh, now, there's a couple of different types of travel pillows we, I'd like to cover. There's the neck pillows, and then also there's those leg pillows that inflate to rest your legs on. Kerry, you're pretty good on travel pillows. Talk to us about those. Yeah, we're, we've been fortunate enough over the last couple of years to trial several different products. We were one of the lucky first families who got to try out the Jet Kids bed box when that was first released. So what that is, is it's kind of similar to the trunky in terms of how it looks. So it's like a pull-along suitcase, but on the aeroplane, you can open it up and use it as a flat surface to try and make a bed for a child. It's ideally suited to sort of your your under six-year-old who can still sleep sort of sideways and curled up. We found it was really good, but the issue I have, same issue I have with the trunky, it's a large pull-along object. And then when I got to my destination, what did I do with it? Where did it fit in the car? So, yes, it's great, works on the plane really well, but I'm not sure in terms of a practical travelling object, is it worth the extra bulk to bring with you? Mm -hmm. We tried out the rival to that, which is the first class kid travel pillow. And I have to say, we loved them and they are inflatable so you can squish them down and we could put them in our kids' hand luggage and they were brilliant and our kids loved them and still want to use them even though they're probably too big for them now. Um, (laughs) A a very similar competitor product we got to try was called Cushy Kids Okay, and it's the same thing. It's an inflatable product and it works a lot easier because it's just inflatable, but it does use a lot of puff power, but rolls up very small and backpack as well. Uh, Yeah and the other thing I would add about those inflatable leg cushions for the plane as much as we all love them unfortunately a lot of the airlines don't and quite a few have actually banned using them now so if you are considering getting one you should really check with the airline before you travel whether it's allowed or not Uh, which is unfortunate because they are a massive lifesaver for parents on long-haul flights but there you go. Okay and then the other type of course is the neck pillow your traditional neck pillow. Marta do you have any experience with those yes yes now we never used you know the mm, footrest pillows that you were talking about but we are quite fond of our neck pillows like my kids really like those made uh, by trunky actually again and they are you know the traditional shape of a of a travel pillow so you just wrap it around your neck and that helps you you know support your head whenever you fall asleep or if you just want to have a little rest they work really well for us made long haul flights much easier and the one thing i I would like to say is that it is worth buying those that are specific for kids because I gave my own to my children at the very start before buying some for them and they're just too bulky. An adult neck pillow pushes their neck too far forward so it becomes really bad for their posture and can even cause you know kind of damage to you know their neck and shoulders. Yeah that's great advice. Um, I think the adult neck pillows tend to be made of memory foam and the kids pillows are made from like microbeads which are much softer and more malleable aren't they yes and much lighter yes okay now the last item i wanted to talk about today is a portable high chair now when my kids were younger we did have the tot seats which is one of those fabric ones it's designed to attach to any chair and then you kind of strap the kids to a normal dining chair 
we did find that useful when we were staying in holiday apartments or things that didn't have high chairs in them. Uh, how about you, Marta? Do you have any portable high chairs? I have to say I have mixed feelings about the portable high chairs because I absolutely agree. If you're getting an apartment or a rental house for a holiday, then I think it is really nice to have for your meals. But I did find if you're eating out in restaurants, I kind of struggled to find a good kind of high chair that would work and you know with different chairs and tables so what we looked into at the beginning were the clip-on high chairs you know they're like little seats that are structured and you clip them to the side of the table they are great at home and for younger kids I find but they only work with certain type of surfaces so if you're going you know to a small cafe in Paris like that type of high chair would not really hold you know, with the smaller table. So as an alternative, we looked at fabric ones. So the ones that you just strap around, you know, the back of the restaurant chair, and then they work as a harness for a kid. And those worked a little better. But I have to be honest, I wasn't in love with any of them specifically. So for me, like the jury's still out on travel high chairs. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's maybe nice to have. But I wouldn't say it was an essential. And I think a lot of the time, if you're eating in a restaurant, it's just as easy to pull the kids' buggy up to the table sometimes, isn't it? Exactly. And it very much depends where you are as well. Like some places have high chairs ready available. Like in Ireland here, maybe I'm spoiled, but most restaurants would have high chairs if you ask them. Uh, I know in other countries it's harder But, you know, between what is available and, you know, keeping your child in your lap or the stroller, it always worked out for us. Again, the exception I would make is if you are in in a holiday rental, because in that case, even just for breakfast and everything, you don't really want to pull, you know, the stroller up to the kitchen table. You do want uh, a high chair. And in that case, I know like people really like, you know, the clip on um, Kiko high chairs or there's a good one by Phil and Ted's, I believe it's called the lobster. And, you know, if you have the right type of table, those work really well. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Right. I think we've exhausted all our favorite travel products. Before we go, let's share our one pick of a favorite travel product. Marta, what would yours be? I'm going to be controversial here and I'm going to choose the trunky. <laughs> the trunky ride on suitcase is just, it just works so well for us. I have to give it to them. We love it. Yeah, I love mine too. Uh, and how about you, Kerry? I think over the years, the most useful thing we've ever used is the Ergo baby carrier. It's lasted us for years and it's the most useful thing when you've got young kids. Great. Uh, my vote would go to the Baby Bjorn travel cot because we just used ours all the time and it was great. Okay, great. Ladies, it was great chatting with you today. I hope that all our listeners found lots of useful information in that today. Remember that we will be sharing everything we talked about today and any useful links in our show notes, which you can find at littlecitytrips.com slash podcast. And you'll also find loads of great information and product reviews on our website. Uh, If you have any questions following today's episode, you can also jump over to our Facebook group, City Travel with Kids, and we can chat more about travel products or any other questions you have about family travel there. And remember, if you don't want to miss the next episode of City Travel with Kids, subscribe to the podcast. Until next time. (laughs) 